Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I catch up with UK artist Sick Boy. Um, he's come up through the graffiti and street art scene in the UK and uh, now exhibits internationally as a fine artist. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just uh, sitting in an internet cafe on the edge of Paris and uh, yeah, all good. Yeah. How are you, Tom? Good, thanks. Really good. So, uh, I'm surprised there's uh, still internet cafes around. I've, you don't see them too much these days. Exactly. It's a struggle, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> so, um, so I've known of you for, for years. Um, like the first time I came across your, your art was back in 2001 when I first visited Bristol. Uh, is that where you're originally from? No, I'm not. But is that what, didn't I meet you at a festival there? Um, yeah, but I, I saw... Ashton Court Festival. Yeah, yeah, I met, I met you there. I remember... Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember James Brown being on the bill. It's pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but but back in the days. Yeah. Uh, no, so um, I'm from near Manchester, um, but I moved to Bristol uh, for college and stuff when I was 18 because uh, it seemed like a good option. Had a lot of uh, culturally pretty good, quite a chilled little city, and um, it was close to where my dad was living at the time, so he sort of suggested it. And uh, I guess when he went there, he saw it's quite a nice place to be. Yeah, it's really a uh, really chilled out city. I, I like it a lot. I've been back several times since then. Always had a really good time. Yeah, exactly. It's it's sort of um, almost imploding on itself now with the with its uh, laid back attitude. But it's uh, you know it's great to have that sort of sort of more of a leftist city, I guess, in, in terms of our our country. So um, yeah, it, it was good. It was good to do my twenties there, really. But in my thirties, I decided to sort of lo- London was a bit more. Um, well, I could just progress my art a bit further there, you know. Yeah. It's a big city, obviously. It's it's on the map, and that's that's where I headed after there. Yeah, and I like I remember you were painting the the yellow and red castles everywhere. Like, how did they come about? Um, they were from. Uh, what did I do? I went to Barcelona back in sort of ninety nine. Sorry, someone's rinsing the espresso machine here. Uh, <laughs> I went, I went to the, um, went to Barcelona in '99, and I just was, um, I think it was just a turning point for sort of street art and logos and stuff like that. And, and I'd actually been writing the tag FET for quite a few years, P H E T, and you know I was quite into letters, but I was maybe not the best letter smith if you want to call it that, but more abstract and obscure, and um, I just sort of uh, decided to run both alongside each other so I came up with the tag sick boy I started doing the temple stuff which is more like the logo things and I had the fat thing going alongside it and I was going over myself with with each one causing a sort of a little battle between myself if you like a bit of a uh, bit of graffiti controversy yeah and then uh, I am um, yeah, just the, the the temple thing just really was easy to it was easy to get up in the city because I was doing it on the bins, so you could drag the drag the bins out of sight because on wheels, and um, you only needed two cans of paint. It was just fast to execute, and I was quite into just doing stuff in the day rather than waiting up late at night and you know finding a place and you kind of look a bit more on top if you do that. So I just was doing stuff in the day, and um, yeah, I just sort of. Yeah, five years. I don't, don't know. I just kind of crushed that little red and yellow temple thing, but I got bored of it. <laughs> so it was just a part of life, which I still use now, but just as a little signature or a symbol. 
yeah, it's good to see that you still incorporate them into your art. It's like, um, you know, showing your roots and uh, keeping your, your logo or icon in there. Yeah, I guess, like, since then I've sort of developed a few more logos. I haven't really put them out there as much as the temple, but, you know, like Walking Heart and Coffins and stuff like that. And I, I just think that they, they've become my sort of, you know, signs and symbols, really. So I, I do kind of juxtapose them against each other in paintings. Yeah. And, like, do you consider yourself uh, part of that first wave of street artists coming out of the UK? Yeah, I would definitely place myself in that little group because I think at the time I mean I was probably two years after Banksy who would probably say is the best known street artist in in the UK probably hate to be called a street artist but that's what it is Mm. Um, and you know and because he was from Bristol I think a lot of people were kind of on that that wave there and then you had like London police, well, London police in Amsterdam. You had like toasters in London, and um, I'm trying to think. You know the scene. You've seen the book. You know all of those people. I was kind of around that. I think it was around the turn of the millennium when when this was all going on, and that that's that's what I was part of. Yeah, yeah. I remember that uh, that era. I was living in in London at that time, and I remember seeing it all all come about the big boom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like all good, all all things. I say good things, but you know, it, it was what it was. I think when you look at it in retrospect, it kind of looks a bit cheesy. Um, but I think people were probably searching for something that was just a bit. I think graffiti was getting kind of repetitive. Actually, it was. Um, it was, um, you know, what can you do? You're just kind of doing. I'm not trying to put graffiti down because it's a really strong culture, but you, you're kind of just embellishing letters and you're putting them out there and it's just your name. So you can't say much more of a message than that's my name looking pretty. Yeah. Um, if I was to boil it down to the, you know, the minimum. So I think people were trying to search for something that was, uh, they could, you know, they could go in a new direction with and street art ran its course for, for a certain amount of time. I mean, I guess it still is. And now you've got post, post street art, post graffiti, blah, blah, blah. And, it's just good that that whole change happened over the last 10 years, 10, 15 years, I guess. Yeah. And how, how did you uh, transition from doing street work into more gallery work? Um, I, well, in 2007, I moved to London. And um, and it was just purely because I'd, I'd sort of, Bristol had, had done its thing for me. I needed something new to do. I was selling spray paint at the time. Um, and doing shows and running a t-shirt label and just little things like that that you're trying to find your feet in in the art or creative world. So I um, I basically um, moved into a place with uh, with a girl that was working for Pictures on Walls, Steph, and um, she she gave me a space in a studio which was on in a Truman Brewery and I was sort of selling paint and at the same time it was the same year that the whole street art gallery scene just went you know stratospheric so I was kind of I was well placed basically to be able to just kind of run with that so as soon as I arrived I was painting with the people like Sweet Tooth and Cyclops there was Sept who was doing some stuff there was um, was just a really strong little group of people doing stuff out of London Paul Insect was doing a bit Um, and, and that and everyone just started to do shows. Then we had the Santa's Ghetto that Banksy was putting on. We had pictures on walls were doing stuff. Steve Lazarides was doing stuff. And 
there's just a good melting pot really for platforms to springboard into the gallery system yeah yeah do you remember the um the first time you sold a painting or anything like that it was um you know mm, yeah you yeah 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 i think i mean i did shows in bristol from 2000 so i was, I'd, i used i used to always want to put my own shows on which i still do now and um and manage you know the the guest list and the install and where it is the location and, and just basically not have any gallery with their hand in my pocket at the time that was a good thing to do so i did a show at the seven shed in bristol and sold sold everything there actually but it was all like little temples on canvases kind of like abstract landscape stuff and you know it was nice but my paintings were 200 200 quid each or i think i was even selling the small ones for 50 pounds at the time so things have changed a little bit yeah you got to start somewhere and it was nice yeah do you still um do you still like the uh the self-managed exhibition yeah i do i mean it's it's something that i, I think now because i've done it for sort of 15 years on and off I've done some quite big productions when I was in London, you know, things that cost a shitload of money. You lose years off your life with stress and you don't sleep for weeks and, you know, it's all really good, the end result, but they are, if anyone that's done it out there, they understand that it's, it's quite a lot of um, organisation, you know, going into press, um, production, uh, paying people, organising accounts. I mean, then the guests, the security, health and safety, it just goes on and it, it's sort of, drags you out of the creative process really yeah so i try to find partners that will sort of help do that that part of it which um all gets a bit businessy when you get into that side of it but you know you can imagine that you then have to start splitting off the 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 takings from the show and yeah but it's but it's better for so that you can focus more on the on the artwork really yeah what about um finding buyers as well like because you know galleries established galleries normally have a a um buying you know a buyer's list and if you're doing yeah. like you know pop-up shows and things like that how how do you go about uh informing you know the right people yeah well i, I basically try to uh i try to um sorry just lost my train of thought <laughs> let me just move here a second um with with trying with selling when i do a, when i do a show I, I try to well i obviously make sure that it's not in the same city as a place where i have a gallery because that's you know that's not a very nice thing to do to the gallery and in terms of like buyers and stuff i have quite a strong following and collectors which have always come to these shows pete i've got a good print market so people that want to jump up for a print or a painting would usually come to the shows and I have people that run the sales but People come to you. I think if you make the right, if you appropriate the show properly and you make it look good and you put all your energy into the paintings and it's got good coverage, then people are interested. You know, they'll come down. And if you've got the people there that that are prepared to sell the painting, not force the painting, but are there if somebody wants to buy it, then things sort of fall into place like that, really. Yeah. So do you, do you? Uh make a living off your art now or do you still do other projects on the side or what's what's your main uh I've, income source i've done uh, i've lived off my art for probably yeah probably 10 years yeah so i don't i don't really i mean when i moved to london i had the spray paint shop i quickly dropped that when i just you can imagine selling paint to writers is always a bit of a task and 
it was okay in Bristol, but when it got to London, I was just like, I'm just, <laughs> it just got a bit too stressful. So I dropped that, and ever since then, it's 2007. So nine years, I've just been full on art. Yep, congratulations. Live, live, Thank you, Thomas. Live, live, living the dream, mate. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah, the stressful dream. Yeah. So, how's it all going for you? Is it flowing, or do you do you have your ups and downs and stressful moments? Well, like you know, I've got I have got side projects on, which I think they're still creative, and you know, like running the place in Barca and things like that. Um, and it's you know, it's just like spinning plates, and if you if you if you focus too much on one thing and not on the other, then those plates fall off and then suddenly you've got a problem. So the flow's there. It goes up and down. Sometimes it's fucking great. Sometimes it's fucking shit. But it's um, it's just, it's all part of it, you know. We're all trying to live here, trying to feel feel our existence. And that kind of is part, part of my existence is to go through these uh, highs and lows. Yeah. Um, but on, on, the, on the whole, it's, it's been amazing, you know. I couldn't really ask for a better better way to um, earn my living and yeah. yeah thankful to the people that you know support me and invest in my work really yeah do you feel that there was um like one uh exhibition or one painting or uh one event you did or anything that that really propelled your career yeah i guess the, the, i did a show called stay free in london uh, i was working with a good friend uh called noska and we we formed the sort of um sub sub business i think called save the youth which uh, was basically my platform for displaying and putting on big exhibitions of myself ego based <laughs> uh, so the stay free was where i built a ma- I, I basically cycled around london found a old tram shed that they'd just um it was full of waste rubbish at the time like a waste depot and it had a for sale sign on the outside and so i inquired and i found out this architect that um owned it was about to turn it into a fancy restaurant and he was going to clear it out and it was just a perfect spot basically i couldn't have asked for better it was on i think it was on rivington street in east london um came at quite a cost i think it was a thousand pound a day at the time so i was just like it was a big risk for me to take the take the space on and try and do everything so i made the big install and i put all the paintings up and it just turned out to be a huge success you know i had loads of people down there it's on bbc one news and um it was uh it, it, it i sold all the paintings and i think that was when things turned for me because uh it was people could see that i was an independent artist doing stuff outside the gallery and and um and was able to sort of produce a show to a, a good standard yeah so you recommend it to other people as well to to go out on your own because i like for instance i i went to an exhibition the other night and i'm looking at somewhere to have a show for myself and yeah Oh, oh, like over in Australia, it's really expensive to to put on a show. Like the galleries charge a lot of rent, and then they take yeah. commission on top, which doesn't. I, I've noticed it doesn't happen a lot in other countries, but that's just the way it works over here. And it's just daunting, you know. You think, oh, you've got to spend all the time making the paintings, and you you've got to, you know, hope that they sell, and um, you know, and then you've got to pay the gallery on top, and then they're going to take commission. It just sounds like a uh, a really expensive process so i have been toying with the idea of just doing my own finding my own space and doing my own thing and it's um it's really good to chat to you about it and uh see that you've you've done it in the past and just dove in yeah, there and I, it all works out you know I, I think um i think 
I mean, galleries are amazing if you've got a good gallery. They should yeah. only be taking 50% maximum and not charging, charging you for the space. Yeah. Uh, but you can, um, you know, it, I think if you can find, find somewhere in your city that, that's got character and it's better than any gallery-looking space and you know that you can do the lighting good and it fits the theme of what sort of show you want to do, then use that space. But, you know, at the same time, as you sort of progress through an art career, you can't just always be putting your own shows on because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've got to be more worldwide thinking and you can't be flying from country to country, learning about different types of bureaucracy to find spaces and, and put shows on and deal with the tax. It just gets crazy. So, you know, you can, you can throw a few in there with your, with your art career, but I think um, finding the right gallery is, is the best thing to do and to work your way up to the right gallery. You know, it, it, takes, um, it takes quite a lot of time. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. Every time I think I... if someone's... Sh- if Sorry. someone's trying to charge you and take commission, then I'd be like, "See you next Tuesday." <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I—that's what I was like. I've asked around at a couple of places, and it just—you know—the ones that you can actually get into, it's—it's it's just tough, you know. Because I've been, yeah. you know, overseas for the last five years, so I've, you know, I've been a bit forgotten about over here, and just trying yeah. to trying to claw my way back into the scene, and um, you know, and it, it, putting on a good show is the best way to do it, I find. Yeah, yeah I'd, everyone I'd, else is I'd paying definitely, murals and stuff, but I'm not really that interested in doing that. I'd definitely go down the route of trying to do your own show, find a good space, and just, you know, a lot of places you can you can offer to tidy the place up or redecorate in exchange for putting on a show there so it's rent-free, you know, if a place is dilapidated. It's stuff like that is is um, great for just, if you want to just showcase some new work in a new city, then I'd yeah. go for that yeah, I know I've been thinking about all that, even like renting a house for a couple of weeks, <laughs> something like that, yeah. you know, just, find, just finding the right space and, and doing something with yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's, the more interesting, the better, so good yeah. luck with that. Yeah, oh, thanks. But um, yeah, every, every time I, uh, I speak to you, you seem to be outside of the UK and like, you know, moving around and having an exhibition here or, or another project over there. Like, um, how do you go about uh, teeing up so many international projects? Do, do people come to you or do you think of something and then, and then take it to them? Mm, I guess probably a mixture of both. I mean, I think uh, with this, I'm, I'm in Paris now because I've got real, real good gallery in Paris, Gallery Lefebvre, and they offered to um, put on a show and I just thought, well, I might as well. I had the opportunity to get a studio here with a friend, so I thought, why not, you know, come over here be closer to the source, you know, soak up some of the culture here. I'm quite, like, I can't think of another word, got ants in my pants. <laughs> I just, uh, I always want to want to move to the next thing, and once I've moved there, I want to move to the next place, and it, it's almost a bit of a problem. Um, sort of addictive personality, kind of wanting to more challenges and more complications in a way, but I think as a result, I've managed to soak up more... Um, I get to soak up more interesting uh, different cultures, I guess, and the way that people work and, and, you know, like working in Barcelona is totally different to work in England. Paris is different to Barcelona, you know, all of these different um, uh, faculties that each country has that are good and bad, but, you know, you can take the best and try and, try and work with them. So, yeah. back to your original question. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm just. Not, 
I'm just wandering around at the minute, but I'm going to base myself back in the UK probably um, in the next couple of years and, and take all these skills and kind of work with them over there. Yeah. No, it's, it's always good to have a home base and actually have a yeah. new home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I've always had my house in Bristol, so I can always go back there. I don't think if I didn't have that base, I'd feel a bit like a a bit too loose, you know, like yeah. getting, on, getting on in life and just wandering around from place to place isn't good unless you've got that base. Yeah, yeah. I know I've been there myself. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really good to be home, you know. Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. how long I spent in, 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 in cities that I loved. I was never, yeah. it was never home, you know. Like, you, yeah. even even you think, you start making a five-year plan of things you want to do and, you know, the, 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 you're not in the right city for it. It's like, shit, yeah. this, this has to happen from home, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Good to be back. Yeah. So what what are some of the uh, stranger countries you found yourself in? Uh, well, you've been to India, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I spent, spent it, a few months it, there. It, yeah, India was good. I, mean, I went to Bangalore, which was kind of quite intense because it was a business sort of city. But very, you, you know what India's like, so do a lot of people. Uh, Kazakhstan is pretty pretty insane, actually, painting there. So yeah. the... Um, and then I just went to Moscow, which is my first time ever. I went there last week for the Biennale, and like I, I definitely want to go back there. I thought the subway system was amazing. You know, it's trains from like the nineteen twenties or something onwards. It seemed like there was wooden carriages that looked like cafe carts, and just on the subway is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, even when you go to America, it's crazy. You know, I, I do a lot of um, record collecting sort of all rare old disco and soul and whatever and uh chicago was great for that and to see cities like chicago is such a big sort of social divide and going from the center out to the south side of chicago and to find records is kind of interesting um so you know what about yourself oh man i've been to some uh some pretty funny countries um yeah yeah i know i like I think Bolivia was a pretty weird country when I went there. Yeah. Um, just, it's just, you know, the whole country is pretty much, you know, four kilometres above sea level. So you're constantly up up above the clouds, hard to breathe right. and all that. Yeah, yeah. But just crazy, crazy life, lifestyle up there. It's hard going. Yeah. That's, you know, the, 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 yeah. the, 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 the Bolivians are tough and they get screwed over by all the other countries as well. They've even had their, had their coast stolen off them by Chile. And they've, uh, their navy is, uh, you know, their navy uh, is based in a lake. <laughs> Things like that. Oh my that, god! You know, <laughs> you know. but um, what? How does that work? Well, they had the navy on the coast, and they they had a, a little, uh, I know, a war with um, Chile, and Chile uh, stole their their um, board, like stole the coastal border off them, and then just kicked them inland to the lake. You know, so they're on lake, oh lake. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's it's just pretty crazy up there. But I don't know. Let me think. I've been to a lot of lot of uh, lot of interesting countries. Uh, yeah. I really like Guatemala as well and Belize. Yeah, no, that, that I need to countries. do a bit more. Yeah, yeah, I need to do a bit more more of that side of the world, really. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any uh, crazy stories from any of the countries you've been to? Because I saw uh, that, that photo that photo you had on your uh, website that says um, you know a hundred stray dogs and me and it's just like all those random dogs around you standing around uh, yeah I guess I was just thinking of ones that I could say on the radio just uh, that aren't really off key Yeah, but that one's okay <laughs> um, 
yeah, no, I just was, um, that was just in India looking for, for somewhere to paint. And I sort of, you, you know, when they have the empty lots and they're just full of like a meter thick of rubbish, it's just like a dumping ground. Yeah. So I just kind of um, was just tra- just walking through that to find this wall that was on the side of the road and started doing my pieces. But then uh, I could hear all the dogs in the background and I was like, okay, that's a normal sound. But then within about five minutes I was just surrounded by all of these rabid dogs and <laughs> I was like sludging around and I don't know what the shit underneath me was and these dogs are eating it and and then when they were around me I was just like this is uh, <laughs> this is my new family and I think uh, I just sort of stepped back and started taking flicks of them yeah. and that's the fact that you saw actually the one that's just like got um got his eyes straight in the camera yeah, nah, good. But then uh, to get out of there, I just climbed up the side of the the ventilator and went along the wall and jumped down because it's just it's just disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I, I found uh, India. There was some like, crazy rubbish problems over there. It just it just weird stuff. Like we like I was there with some friends and we kept um we just played a game. We kept finding like uh like pairs of undies on the ground just randomly in the street all the time. So we'd always like grab a stick and like flick it at each other and. <laughs> it was like the, 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 the dirty undie game <laughs> they're just it's everywhere good to know what you do with your spare time on holiday Tom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it was just it was just, it was just you know, a prank that you play on friends you know what I mean it's like oh, yeah, yeah. you know the guy mate turns around you flick a pair of straight stray undies at him you know but yeah. um, but yeah no, I don't want to I don't want to put Paris down but fucking hell when you get outside of the periphery because there's just dumping waste dumping ground for everything that's in the center you know it's just like it's really bad yeah you don't see the same sort of um treatment of the streets that here that you know i I haven't seen that in in a lot of european countries but paris just seems to be quite bad yeah but you know there you go yeah people not respecting the planet no i know it's a big problem we've got to change it yeah (laughs) yeah i know because some of those countries you know i've been to like even parts of um you know, like, you know, places that don't have roads that take you to towns, you have to get there by boat and stuff like that. And because uh, the garbage man doesn't come, you see the rubbish all pile up and it's it's ridiculous. You know, you, yeah. you think, and these are people that aren't consuming a lot of, you know, supermarket goods either. These are, you know, these are people that are living off the land, but they still have to drink bottled water and all this type of stuff and it's just yeah. crazy the amount of rubbish that's generated and if you think of cities like you know metropolitan cities how much uh people are actually consuming it's like man yeah. the the um you know wherever the garbage men are taking it, it must be a big bloody hole in the ground yeah that's <laughs> just just crazy yeah anyway moving on from that i've um you know i've noticed you've uh you've been producing a uh, like small runs of sculptures and building installations and, and producing art that's more than just a painting like um yep. what's the story behind the evolution of uh your work off the canvas um i guess it just all goes back to off oh, it goes way back so i did um 2002 i think we put on a oh, maybe it's in before i can't remember it's that fucking long ago but in in bristol we did a show called un cochonois avant noel uh which was with uh, come, well, with a crew of people in France called Hicsept, and it was uh, it was just kind of it was me and a guy called Dicey that ran Old Syria in Bristol, and we decided to like 
basically turn a space, empty space into an installation and it was a French and UK artist. And I think that was the start of me just kind of putting my feet in the water really with installs and then it went on. Stay free exhibition, I explained to you. Heaven and Earth that I did in London was the same. And then I started to get invited to places like New Art in Norway. Did a really sort of epic install there of a house on its side with a, some mad shit inside it. And uh, I met one of, well, he's now one of my best friends, called, called Lee, a guy called Liam. And um, just a very good, very good, uh, I'll call him a fabricator for, for, for this, but uh, he... he he makes all my shows now, or he helps me make all my shows, and I just sort of developed a, a little um, good way of working together. And now, and and from there, I'm just like every every time I do shows, I think he's he's set the bar for me in terms of like the finish on things. You know, if you have a dream to do something, then it, he's very good to um, put it into action. You know, he knows all the techniques you use for lighting, for perspex, for glass, for all the materials. I just think the diversity you have of installations is really interesting and because my paintings are seem like they're a, sometimes like a diorama, like a landscape with buildings in and little things happening, it's nice to be able to take that into a 3D world for people. So if you go to my exhibition, you will see, see this um, side by side, the paintings. Yeah. Um, so I just, um, it's just something that, I mean, it takes a lot of energy, costs a lot of money actually to do. I don't know whether people realize how, how much it, it costs, but it is, it is a lot. Um, and, uh, it just seems to be one of my skills now. So the big scale stuff is an installation and the smaller style stuff, smaller scale stuff, smaller scale stuff is, um, little, uh, yeah, like resin sculptures, bronze sculptures, all these sort of things. And, uh, and then like they became additions. So it all kind of works as just my, my world nowadays. And I'm just trying to develop that with some backing now for a show that I want to do in London. So I think 2018, I'm going to do a big show, rent another space, do probably my biggest install to date because I've been saving all of the, uh, I, I, I'll call them props if you like, you know, like a theatre company. I've got a warehouse now of all my props from all the shows so they can all come together now and they'll be... Uh, on display at this show in 2018. Yeah. So I saw, I went to your show in uh, Lazaridis um, in London a few years ago, and that was uh, awesome, the installation you built in that. Yeah, that, that was with um, friend, uh, another friend, James, from uh, Fluorescent Smog in Barcelona. I just, uh, he, um, he brought to the table digital fabrication, so, like, that whole show was basically made... Uh, remotely we, we measured up the space we did it on computers and then all the wood turns up flat packs and then you construct it um, again you know the gallery asked me to do an install because that's what I've become known for and, and alongside it you do the paintings but by accepting that responsibility to produce all that you, you um taken on quite a lot of work really so it's good to work with people that are you know highly skilled and can take the weight off you a little bit because if it was all down to me to I don't even know how to use a screwdriver <laughs> well I do but you know it does get quite bad when it comes to me and uh, and DIY yeah I, I, I completely uh, can hear you on that one man I'm hopeless I got a I got a brother that's really good with all that stuff but me I've 
Oh, no. Yeah, I've seen I've seen you hanging a painting before, mate. I know where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not one for perfection. No. But um, but yeah. Um, so have you had any uh any mentors throughout your career that have helped um help guide you and uh and shape your career for you? Not really. I think you. I think um, I think we're lucky. I'm lucky. I don't know if the scene is lucky that everything has developed so far now that it's like it's definitely a movement. I think with the sort of uh, with the gallery scene and people making good money and people to aspire to, people that have been through it. I think I know, it's not like I have a mentor. Like I see a mentor as someone that gets appointed to you and they they're really sort of pushing you and whatever. I think a lot of my friends are just aspire to what they do, you know, and maybe they they like what I do. I you know, it's just a exchange of ideas, and that's where the culture is quite rich, yeah. and that's why I say a movement really, because I guess it's similar to big movements in the past. You know, people were just exchanging ideas, and are really consolidating everything to make it something tangible, and uh, and it definitely has become that. Yeah, I've have noticed that you've done a lot of collaborations with um, Word to Mother. Like, how, yeah. how did that all come about? Uh, because in London, I guess there's a uh, like there's, there's people doing different styles of stuff, you know. You had like D Face is a very graphic artist, still a friend, um, and I really like the way that he produces stuff, and, and it's just a different style to maybe what I I do. Um, I think when it came came to, you know, I still was from the graffiti background, and Word to Mother is, you know, does graffiti, and we both sort of sit in that kind of uh same style of work both inspired by you know old old comics max fleischer disney stuff like this and uh we just uh just got on really well so we did a lot of painting together we've painted you know how it is with nighttime missions being stuck on top of roofs in completely run down estates in london um waiting for the police to disappear and just uh and then during the daytime we just be painting in the studio we're both living in East London, so that that was where it came. So we just made this little crew, the Cold Crush Sisters, because we were like just making a joke at their sort of hip hop culture and stuff like that. And uh, that that's what um, that's what led us to do a few a few uh, independent shows together, I guess. Yeah. Do you um, do you uh, collaborate with any other artists? No, not really. I think it's just me, me and him yeah. doing stuff. I mean, uh, as a sort of we'd be as a little bit of a brand you know that that's yeah. that's what we we do i mean we've done the show's paranoia on paper which was uh i mean he smokes hell of a lot of weed so i only need to sit in the same room as him and i'm pretty paranoid but uh if we go around there and we we do sketch around his house then we just developed the theme of paranoia on paper and made comics and did books and you know and uh just had a laugh really so that was our little uh it's a little sort of yearly yearly exhibition really yeah yeah i th- i think uh collaborating with people's really um a really good way to sort of advance in your art like i've found from my experiences anyway like you know you, you work with someone and you you're working on the same piece and you you start to pick up on their tricks and tips you know you try not to pick up on someone else's style but you start biting <laughs> no no that's not, well even just the way, no, the way someone someone does lines or whatever or say you're using a color and you can't get it to, to coat properly or something and they they're like oh no this is how you do it and yeah know. exactly i mean i think with 
being in the graffiti from the graffiti culture you, you know painting walls with I can even think like 10, 15 years ago, just painting murals with like eight different people and everyone's competitive with each other, but you're taking a bit of style from each other, you know, subconsciously maybe. Mm. I think that collaboration thing runs kind of deep in in what we all do. Yeah. And uh, I think just, I mean, I'm a bit of an art psycho, so I think I I work seven days a week with my art pretty much. Uh, And long days and sometimes I'll be around someone else's studio and, you know, it's it's nice to be able to see how people execute their work in a different manner and just sort of learn a little bit from each other. Yeah. There you don't are, need to, sorry. Uh, hey? Go. No, just say, you don't actually need to collaborate to be able to, you know, inform each other. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any um any artists out there that you think uh coming up that you've um like people you've been watching like on Instagram or exhibitions you've been to or anything like that that you think you going to be the next big thing ah oh, jesus or, or artists just, that don't get enough shine <laughs> uh i like uh eric hacked is a good artist from from the uk he's like a abstract expressionist sort of portrait artist um i like there's just the classics as well you know like mr jago's a really good painter um antoine horfe's good painter uh got I love Petro for his installations and his sort of um, that, that, that's that's a uh, great stuff to see so yeah I don't know mate it's, it's difficult when you test me for names it's so yeah. difficult because you know you spend your, all day long on uh, in, inter, Instagram now when you're having your coffee break and you just see so much stuff and just like draws a blank almost from you now you just you know this stuff out there Oh yeah, I know, I know. I'd, I'd struggle to answer the same question, to be honest. I was, yeah. I, I, as soon as I asked, I thought, "Gee, I couldn't answer that right now." I can't, I can't think of <laughs> anyone that come, come to no. mind. But Sorry um, I left off the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but with like with the knowledge you have now, uh, um, like what advice would you give to your younger self when you were starting out? Uh, don't know. Probably just to. Um, get less stressed about things not let people press you so much because i think it's very easy to fall into a trap where you feel that you have to go the extra mile like for me this is a good analogy my paintings are detailed but you don't know where the detail starts and ends so like when you see a painting in a gallery i probably could have done another five or ten days on it to make it more insane more detailed but i think you need to draw a line somewhere because otherwise you drive yourself bonkers and if you don't draw that line, because I remember once I showed in San Francisco and the guy was like, put them on the wall. Nobody sees what you think. They just think it's a great painting. And I did. And they all sold. Yeah. But if you had the other gallerist that was going, I want, you know, 30 paintings and they've all got to be crazy detailed and blah, 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 blah. Then you just put yourself through misery because you just think you've got to, you've got to rate, you've got to reach this bar that, it's kind of unreachable really and I think if I was I think through a lot of my 20s I really pressured myself a bit too much I did all dayers all nighters you know like weeks before shows I probably wouldn't sleep for four days turn up to the show looking like a homeless person don't have a shave don't get your hair cut don't wash your clothes you know those are the sort of um, prices that you pay I know they're not massive ones but when you're supposed to be looking respectful at a show it kind of is a big deal 
they're the prices you pay for stressing yourself out about the production quality. Yeah. And I think uh, it's better to take one painting out of the show and just make them, you know, give yourself an easier ride, and everyone's still gonna appreciate it just as much. Yeah. That no, would be no, one tip for the younger me. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll be the only one that knows it's missing, eh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just yeah, you, you just noodle out too much sometimes in your own little world, and yeah, it's not necessary. Yeah, I uh, I think that's right in all areas of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's too easy to get caught up. Um, yeah, exactly. Just got to take take it a bit easier. I think when you're more relaxed, you've had more sleep, you've you're you're not under pressure, then you actually produce better work anyway, and you can be more dynamic. And you know, it's about serotonin flow through your brain, isn't it? And if if you're feeling good, then it shows in the work. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I've uh, I've I've just started a job last week, like a contract doing graphic design for a big company uh, over here in Melbourne, and yeah. man everyone's running around like headless chooks just like you know just being crazy like i want this now da, 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 and just putting so much yeah. pressure and stress on everyone and everyone's yeah. frazzled and it's like, like no. I'm, you know i'm only there for two weeks so i don't really care i'm just i want to do my job the best i can and in the time that's allocated but so i don't i don't I, you know i just don't take on any of that stress but you know I, everyone's yeah. like you know why you know aren't you aren't you freaking out and it's like well no you just get the job done don't you <laughs> exactly it's, yeah. it's, I've uh, been to so many things like that and then it's, it, with shows and openings where everyone's like overhyped about shit and they're overstressed out and then when it actually comes to opening you wouldn't be able to tell if they took a week off on holiday do you know what I mean it's just the same shit has happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> so chill out everyone <laughs> exactly exactly um, so you got, have you got any projects in the works at the moment uh, yeah I have a Big solo, well, said big solo show. It's a solo show. It's actually just a presentation of six paintings, some monotypes, and some sculptures. This um, Saturday, what was it? Saturday, the 17th of September in Paris, Gallery Lefebvre. Um, I have some interior stuff coming out. I have, uh, including some. I can't really explain about it, but I, I have a project coming out at Christmas which uh, should be quite interesting. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to stop explaining about it, sorry. Um, yeah, I can't think about what else now. Yeah, you're not stressed about any Loads of it? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I was kind of stressed about the, the one in, in France, but I've, I'm just through, through it all now. It's only two days left of painting now, and then it's just about down to installing and hanging the show. And it's actually the end of my stay in Paris and then I'll be going to Barcelona for a couple of months and then probably back to the UK. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it marks the end of my stay here and I met some really nice people and, and uh, quite grateful for everyone's hospitality. So it's more about that for me, you know, have a nice show, finish the, finish the trip to, the, to France and, and move on to the next thing. Yeah. So, um, so where's the best place people can find you online? Uh, I think the standard place is Instagram now, isn't it? So I'm just at SickBoyKKS. But if not, it's just be my website, um, www.thesickboy.com. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I kind of prefer it when people, I mean, people do follow all the Insta stuff, but just come to a show. If you if, if I'm having a show in your city, just come down and, and I'll, I'll try my hardest not to get stressed out making an installation that you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, good luck with your show on 
What day? What day is it? On Saturday? Friday? Yeah, on Saturday this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck with that, and I hope it goes well. Um, um, I'll have a look online, and I want to see some of these paintings. Yeah, exactly. I'll send you some pics. You can you can update this web page if you want. Yeah. No worries. Thank you. Good. Good stuff. Yep. Thank you very much for talking. No problem. Check out the Bench Talk website, benchtalkpodcast.com. There you can listen to past episodes and keep up to date with what's up and coming on the, the podcast. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes on the podcast app. You can also listen on SoundCloud. Just search for Bench Talk. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. Thanks, and I look forward to you tuning in again next week. See ya.